Hey world, it's your host Marshall. Thanks for tuning into my podcast, Run On Thoughts. Here we talk about everything and nothing because we are not afraid to be all of ourselves even as we evolve. And that's my thought for my fellow thought thinkers as we unpack our traumas, past hurts, and other BS. Y'all ready? Let's go. Let's go. Hey guys, another day, another week, another time spent thinking about the world at large and how I could best serve you guys. Remember that you can always go to runonthoughts.com to click on your favorite platform. And before we get started, I want to stand in a place of gratitude and say thank you to all of those who are listening for the very first time. And I want to thank those who have started this journey with me and here we are again. Today, I want to talk about a simple word, but a word that has so many obstacles for so many, change. In today's episode, we are going to talk about change. Everything that we talk about, it's all about change, right? We have to be disciplined for change. We have to think about change. We have to do the work for change. And change is really not an easy thing. Everything that we talk about each week, it sounds easy as the words come out of my mouth. But like I've said many times, I know that when we log off and we go back out into the real world, change is not easy. It is not easy to unpack. It is not easy to unlearn. And then even greater, it is not easy to apply even if you are trying to live in a place of change. I thought about this word all week. Every time we do a new podcast, as soon as I get off, I start reading and writing and thinking and observing and trying to figure out exactly what I wanna talk about the next week. And this word change, it just couldn't, leave my mind. And then I just said to myself as I was walking down the block one day through the park and I was like, familiarity, wow, did you guys hear that crazy word? Familiarity feels like stability even in chaos. And that's the part of change that I want to discuss today. Sometimes we exist in a place that is familiar to us. Even in chaos, it feels familiar. It feels normal. Have you ever been in an abusive relationship and then you make excuses for said relationship and you say things like, that's normal, that's a part of life, that's a part of marriage? I see these excuses and I see people not holding each other accountable because when you have lived and existed in a place where everyone around you is doing the same thing, even if it doesn't feel right, it still feels normal and you may not necessarily know how to change. When I was a child, I have so many vivid memories in my brain about my life. And some of them, and like I said, some of them are vivid memories, but they're not full pictures. In my brain, I see chaos. I see destruction. I see tugging and pulling and all of these other kind of things. And I think because of my abandonment issues, right, I need stability. 
And part of needing stability is that I don't like change. Change scares me. Not being organized scares me. All of the things that I think are good attributes, some of them are good, right? But most of them come from a place that makes me feel like if I'm not in control, then I am out of control. And the truth of the matter is that most of us really don't have as much control as we think we have over our lives. But it's this false sense of identity and this false sense of control that makes us feel like we have a a, a say-so, right? When the truth is, life happens. On this journey of life, shit happens. And the best that we can do is adapt to some of those changes. But that is a place that requires discipline, that is a place that that requires discernment, and that is a place that requires sometimes for you to sit alone with your own thoughts and think about where you're going, where you have been, and how you want to move forward in life. One of the greatest changes that ever happened in my life, as you all know, was when I got pregnant. And when I got pregnant, I was young, I was naive, and I would say stupid. And not stupid simply because I got pregnant, but because I was living and existing in a place of denial, right? I didn't know what the future holds. And that's what happens to a lot of us when we are out here just doing things without knowing the consequences of our behavior. We're just acting, right? And then when we get ourselves in trouble, we don't know what to do, right? I was afraid. I don't even know if I've ever admitted this. When I got pregnant, I was afraid that the family that I had would no longer want me. And that's what happens when you are placed in home to home. And that's what happens when you don't have a mother. And that's what happens when you don't have a father and people take you in. You never feel like home is home. Even if they love you, even if they are there for you, I never felt like I belonged anywhere. And I used to think that the reason why I didn't feel like I belonged anywhere was simply because I'm different. But the truth is that I didn't feel like I belonged anywhere because these weren't the parents that God gave to me, right? We feel like we belong to our mother and our father and to our immediate family. And when you are taken out of your family, right? You feel like you don't necessarily look like these people. You don't necessarily act like these people. And you feel like a charity case. You feel like people are doing you a favor. So here I am being obedient. And I don't know if I was obedient or I was just grateful and didn't ever want to rock the boat. My sister rocked the boat. And not that I blame her now as an adult, but as a child, I wanted her to fall in line, not for me, but for us. Selfish of me, right? Mainly because I wanted us to be together, but I recognize now that we had different needs. We had different wants. And that's the beauty of being children, right? Is that sometimes people are raising children the same way but the truth is each child is different and each child has different needs so they have to be raised differently but here i was being obedient and doing as i was told and then this small act of rebellion i got pregnant right i've shared you can go back and listen to the beginning podcast in season one where i share my stories but here i am i'm going to be a mother i am not ready 
to be a mother. This child comes and I am at a standstill. And the reason I'm at a standstill is because I don't want to move forward. Ain't that some shit? Because life doesn't need you to move forward. It moves forward with or without you. So you better just go ahead and get in the game because you will simply be left behind. It took me a week to connect to motherhood. But when I did connect to motherhood, I immediately had this tunnel vision of what I wanted to be and who I wanted to be and what type of mother I was going to be. I was simply going to be what I did not have, what did not exist for me. And that is a good quality in the beginning because I didn't have any skill sets. I knew that my aunt who took me in loved me the best way that she can, but I didn't grow up in a household that showed emotional love, right? My aunt's act of love was through making sure that she protected and provided, but there was no real acts of love that I can remember, right? That doesn't mean that from her perspective that she would say that there weren't acts of love. It just means that my brain didn't process them and maybe a conversation would show something different. But on this journey through motherhood in the beginning, it was hard, right? But I was committed to it. And as my son began to get older, our relationship grew stronger. But I will say that some of my fears about being a young black mother made me parent from a place of fear. I was adamant about my son knowing how to read. I was adamant about him not being subjected to the stereotypes. One of the reasons why I didn't go into the system was because of the movie Claudine. And because of that, I was afraid that they were going to throw myself and my son in an environment where, yes, I can control what goes on in my house, but I cannot control the journey in which he takes once he leaves my home. I didn't want to be in one of those environments. I didn't mind being poor, but I didn't want my son to go out into the world and be forced to fight through all of the shit that existed out in the world. So here we are living in a small basement apartment and then I moved into an old but decent apartment before, you know, as life start moving, going back to school, you start building up on your life. And I had a friend, a little more than a friend, and I will be forever grateful to him. When it came to my son's homework, I was very, very strict. But I was strict because of this fear that you're not going to be dumb. You're not going to be some well-dressed fool. And one time my son was writing and you know how they use the eraser and I would just rip the homework up. I don't even know why I was so motherfucking mean. It was stupid, right? I just thought that I was big and bad and I was tough as a parent and that I was going to be the big bad wolf and I was going to make sure that he could read and write and do math. And my friend pulled me to the side and he said, yo, don't do that. You don't have to do that. You don't have to make him feel stupid or rip up the paper. You can simply say, do it like this or erase it. Or, and I never did that again. Never, ever did I do that again. But if I was afraid to change, if I was afraid to admit that my friend was right, 
If I was afraid to see that my little baby's big eyes, they, they got dim every time I did this, but I couldn't escape my, I couldn't get myself out of this conundrum of thinking that I was doing the right thing. So somebody had to step in. That's one of the things that I'm really grateful for on this journey that I have been on in motherhood and in life is that God the universe, Mother Earth, whatever you call it, has always sent someone into my life for correction and to lead me to the next level. And because I am not afraid to listen to my elders, to listen to people with differing views than me, to listen to those who had, can open up the portal of life and get me to the next level, I have always been able to change. Does that make me perfect? No, but I am always willing to change. I have another story, silly enough. When my son was in the third grade, every morning I would take him to school before we go off to work and school and I would pack his lunch. Inside of his lunchbox, I would put a little note that says, here's a delightful lunch, mommy loves you. I would sign his notebooks and I would sign little notes that say one plus one is two, two plus two is four, I love you forever, just little things like that. And then when I take him to school, I would hug him and kiss him and I would tell him to have a great day because I'm also one of those people who believe in good energy and I wanted to send him out into the world with good energy. And then when he saw me again, I wanted to give him good energy all the time. I never ever wanted to leave him out in the world and the last things that he heard from me was something negative. So one day he pulls me to the side and he says, mommy, I need to speak to you. And I'm like, oh my goodness. I thought he was going to tell me about somebody that he liked or something. But he says, mommy, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but I don't want you to hug and kiss me anymore. I was freaking devastated. In my heart, I was like, there is no way that I am not going to hug and kiss my son. Mainly because, guess what? It wasn't even about him, I realized. It wasn't even freaking about him. It was about me. I didn't get hugs and kisses. And remember, I'm parenting from a place of do the opposite. Do whatever you didn't get. And when my son said this to me, my feelings were hurt. But I was going to respect him. Because one of the things that the universe told me when it said to do the opposite, I think I've told you guys this. It also told me to do the opposite until he tells you what he wants. And I was like, you really don't want hugs and kisses? What freaking child doesn't want hugs and kisses? When here I was as a grown woman, young grown woman, yearning for love and attention and affection and from anywhere. So I said, okay, I was going to shed a tear. We walk up the stairs to the school building and one of his friends says, hey, Miss Marshall, and comes up and gives me a hug and a kiss. I gave the kid a hug and a kiss, and as I was getting ready to close the door and head off to work, my son says, all right, mommy, you can hug me, but don't kiss me. And I said, okay. Joy was restored in me. And I know these stories seem simple, but they are just a part of recognizing that it is okay to change. It is okay to respect the boundaries of other people. It is okay to do things differently. And that was a simple story. But now I want to share a story about relationships. I think I talked about this last week when I talked about 
all of the things that I wanted in a relationship were part of the social construct of relationships. So here I am thinking and believing that I need a relationship in order to feel whole as a woman because most of the attributes that I have been given only can I get the fulfillment if I'm taking care of a man, right? Like my skills for organization, my skills for cooking and cleaning, and all of these things that they say are related to womanhood, the times that I felt the best were when I received these from men, right? And even if I was in a bad relationship, I would justify it for many of the same reasons that many of you guys do, right? That's just human beings. That's what love is. We go through the ups and the downs. And that is what looks like normal. When you look around your village and you see people arguing and fussing and breaking up and making up and fighting each other and getting back together and cheating and, and, and hitting each other over the head and domestic abuse, emotional abuse, bullying. When you see all of these things, it doesn't matter how it makes you feel. You think that it is a part of the normal structure of a relationship. And it is not until you spend time alone or you begin to travel or you begin to see outside of your village that you realize that, oh shit, everybody doesn't live this way. Ain't that some shit? Everybody doesn't live this way. So when you recognize that everybody doesn't live this way, you feel stupid. And now, even when you know better, they say when you know better, you do better. That is not true at all. When you know better, you just feel shame. And now you have to claw yourself out of this feeling. And what did I have to change? I had to change how I see myself. I had to change what I expect. I had to change what I want, what I'm willing to accept. And my idea of a relationship based on spending time with myself and about what brings me joy. And I'm going to tell you guys that that was not easy because as I began to spend time with myself, as I began to see what makes me happy, as I began to realize the things that bring me joy, I realized that the type of relationship that I thought I wanted, I no longer wanted. I thought I was attracted to an alpha male who was a protector. And I realized that in truth, my fear was attracted to alpha men who were protectors. Because here I am, this nerdy girl who was just walking through life, feeling free, believing that I should be living in the magic garden. So I felt like I needed a man who was macho so that he can protect me while I existed in the garden. And that's not a bad thing. But when you are living and existing from a place of fear and trauma, you attract that. So yes, I, I attracted men who were macho, but they were also aggressive, right? And so they didn't necessarily protect my heart. And as I have healed and unpacked and did all of the things that I am asking you guys to do, I realized that 
I can take care of myself, right? And now because I can take care of myself, and I don't just mean physically, right? I can take care of my heart. I can trust myself to leave if I'm not happy. I can trust myself to cry and know that I'm going to be okay, even if someone hurts my feelings, right? I do not need validation from someone to tell me that I can do this or I can do that. I recognize that I am a whole person going out into the world and that I would like to be with a person who is a whole person, right? Now I want someone who is goofy and silly and loves family and feels whole as himself. He doesn't seek validation from other men about what type of man he is. I want someone who is secure in their manhood and secure enough to be awkward. And that took me becoming secure enough to be awkward if that makes any sense. But the real thing was that even when I felt that change, I still was dating the type of man that I had been conditioned to believe that I want. I wanted the boss. I wanted the man who could who could control the room. I wanted I thought that made me feel safe. And even when my internal knew that that's not what my external wanted, I still did it because I couldn't disconnect the two. Right? And then I realized that I had to change. If you want better, you have to expect better. You have to do different things. And I see that in so many areas of all of our lives, right? The first time I really felt stable was when my son and I moved to Jamaica and I got a two bedroom apartment. I didn't have any bedroom furniture and I stayed there longer than I wanted to, mainly because I don't like change. I didn't want my son to have a life like me where it felt like we were always moving and I was always being uprooted. But the truth is that sometimes, even as parents, we are making decisions for other people based on how other people's decisions for us made us feel. And that may not be your child's triggers. That may not be what they need. So you have to be clear about why you are doing something, about where those fears are coming from, and you have to not be afraid to constantly make changes. It doesn't matter where you grew up and you say, and people say this one line like, that's who I am. Sometimes it's not even really who you are. Sometimes it's what you've been exposed to and what you have had to become in order to survive. So unless you unpack who you are, you don't know if that is really part of your personality or if it's a defense. If you are always mad, I am here to tell you that that is not who you are. That is what you have had to become or that is what you think you have had to become because of the things that have happened to you, because of the things that you have seen, because of your perceptions of the world. I am telling you that it is a fucking protective coating. It is top coat. And you got to take it off.
to see who you are. Even this idea about women being alpha and living in their masculine you're not living in your masculine, right? You're surviving in it. You are simply doing what you have to do to survive. If you didn't have to do it or feel like you had to do it, you wouldn't do it. We have to be willing to go on this journey of life, right? And sometimes many of us have a destination. We have a where we want to go. But what happens if it changes? It's okay to be going to point B and to say, you know what? I don't want to go there anymore and make a change. It's okay to enroll in school and believe that you want to be a doctor. And then something happens when you're in a, 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 a English class and decide that you want to be a writer. It's okay to change. It's okay to be from the lowest part and all of a sudden you want more, you want to be a scientist. It's okay to be all of who you are. It is okay to change. It is okay to be one way for an entire part of a relationship and believe that, okay, here's another one. I have always wanted to be a career person. I have wanted to be successful. I went back to school and I went back to school because I felt ashamed about being a teenage mother and I thought that I needed to counter my baggage with a degree. That's the truth, right? But as my son grew older, another thing that I have always shared, as he grew older and I no longer had to take care of him like I did when he was a child, I realized that if I had it to do all over again, I would have opted to be a stay-at-home mom. And the reason I would have opted to be a stay-at-home mom is because I am thinking now with a new voice. Now I would have chosen a partner who could protect and provide financially, right, for me to stay home. Who also could protect my heart so that I felt safe to be a stay-at-home mom because I would have liked to be the sole teacher of my children when they were little, right? It is hard to be a working mom and it is harder to be a working single mom when you have to work and then come home and still do all of the things that someone else is doing. You are tired and something is going to take an L. And that L had to be me, right? I would have liked to have had more support. Does that mean that my son didn't have a good father? Nope, he did. But he had another life and he loved his son and he was always there for his son. And I would never change that. But I am talking about what I would have liked, right? And I realized that as I was changing or as I was evolving into the self that I really am, I realized that I enjoy baking cookies. I enjoy taking care of sick little people. I enjoy teaching them how to read. I enjoy trips. I enjoy science. I enjoy the teaching of little people. I even enjoy all of it. I don't really enjoy hanging out with grown-ups. I feel bad for those mothers who feel lost in trying to get back their identity because now that my son is an adult, I want the other life back. I want the life where I'm taking you to the aquarium, to the zoo, 
to the circus, on trips, where I'm bandaging up your little boo-boo, where I'm teaching you how to read, where I'm potty training you. That is where my joy comes from. So I know that not every mother feels that way. And I'm not here to judge anybody. And maybe I feel that way because I don't remember having that. But I actually enjoyed motherhood. No part of me wanted to be out with adults or grown people or anything like that. I enjoyed everything about it. My son and I used to lay up in the bed and read books. And then we would have discussions about the books. We would have concerts in the living room. I would sit up all the bears on the sofa and he I would introduce him. We would do all kinds of things together. And that, when he became an adult, is when I realized that, fuck this career shit. I work for money. And yes, I am good at certain things, but I really just want leisure now. If I can't take care of little people, I want to be traveling and doing whatever the hell I want. And right now, I know that I have to work in order to do that. And I'm all right with that, but I would definitely prefer to be out in the world doing whatever I want, whenever I want to. This idea about what do you want to be when you grow up, it's a hoax because we got to make money. What do you want to be if you didn't have to make money? That's a whole nother question, isn't it? So that's what I'm saying. Don't be afraid to lean in to exactly who you are. Don't be afraid to evolve. Don't be afraid that you're not, don't be scared that you're not who you were yesterday. It's okay because I'm not going to be this way tomorrow. There are some ideas that we share today and they are the truth because they are rooted in what we know now. But as we experience and learn and, and gain new information, that new information should be dictating who we are. That is the problem that I see and the reason why I no longer talk about politics with people and I no longer talk about race with people because I recognize that people are not having discussions that involve, what's the right word? information, right? They are just sharing their opinions and old information for things that may require new information. And because of that, people are not trying to learn. They are trying to simply be right. And when you are living a life and life requires you to change and adapt and move forward in a way that you can grow, you have to be willing to tackle your own ideas. You have to ask, are these ideas serving me? Are they serving society at large? And sometimes they are not. And that is the real reason for this whole run on thoughts. My brain is all over the place. But the truth is that I'm living a life of discovery, right? And that is where my joy comes from. When people say, why are you always happy? Always happy does not mean that I do not experience pain and suffering and bad days and mad and all of the things, right? I, I, I experience a myriad of emotions all of the time, just like all of us, but my base is happy. And the reason why my base is happy is because I am on an internal journey of discovery, right? My joy comes from knowing that I am in discovery mode. I am all of myself, even as I 
evolve. I'm tired of talking to you guys. Bye.